the flight center. Best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback on SENSA. The round ball with Dom and Dodzy. Yes, uh, a very good evening. It is a Wednesday here in Adelaide and it is the round ball with uh, Dom and Dodzy. And uh, it's all thanks to, as you heard, Hyundai and their generous cashback uh, across all petrol and diesel SUVs. A little, a little goes a long way there, Trav, as you've been told many, many times, with Hyundai's <laughs> generous cashback across petrol and diesel SUVs. Hey, how are you there, Trav? Don't give up your day job, mate. How are you, You're Trav? no comedian. Well, if I give up my day job, I'll come and... No, I won't come and work with you. No, I like to be an honest person. How am I? I'm, I'm all right, actually. Yeah, all good. Yeah, thanks uh, for asking. Yeah, How who won over the weekend? Oh, hang on. Nobody. <laughs> it's, no, Belarus? What's it, happening in Belarus? We're, we're going to do tips for Belarus got, today. Yeah, uh, excellent. Uh, yep, that's the only league. Actually, speaking of... I mean, things are a lot better. I know that... Every state and around the world is a little different, but well done, South Australia. We're doing very well here at the moment, so hopefully sooner before later, uh, Trav, you might be able to kick some balls. I loved, I'd love to be able to kick a ball or two. Uh, yeah. It's been a long time, been a long time between drinks. Don't tempt me, but uh, yeah, let, let's keep our fingers crossed that this comes sooner rather than later. We've got a big show here with Trav tonight, as we normally do. Uh, in just a tick, we're going to catch up. Well, first captain, now you're, what captain number were you? Four, three, five, five six, down, the, down the pecking order yeah, there somewhere. Was few. There was uh, Roscoe. Yeah, he was uh, the original and the best. Mickey, Valkanis, uh, uh, Paul Agostino. Ag- well, he was only capped for about five minutes, wasn't he? He was. Um, Love Paul. I that's how I got Paul. it because uh, Mickey got injured first. Oh, you do? Uh, well, you backstab him? No, no, no. I was assistant coach. Oh. Assistant coach. I was assistant. <laughs> what is that? You Vice wish. captain. <laughs> That's it. I was vice captain to Mickey. Yeah, uh, Mickey yeah. did his knee early on in the season. Uh, Viddy was the coach at the time, and he said, "No, I just don't think you're ready yet." So he gave it to Ago, uh, and Ago got injured like ten minutes later in the warm up. I did think you? it was in Uzbekistan. <laughs> I uh, remember for the that. Asian <laughs> <Champions> League. <laughs> I reckon you must have worked something out with Mickey. So I'll get I'll get Ago from behind. I was the behind. last man standing. <laughs> so they, I'm well, the fittest. Now I didn't say that you uh, you sort of put yourself down there, but Roscoe Ross Aloisi, of course was the very first uh, captain of Adelaide United. We haven't spoken to our good mate Roscoe for a while. Of course, he lives in Brisbane nowadays. He's a banana bender. So we thought, let's catch up with the great man and uh, see what is going on and what he's doing with himself. Roscoe, it's always a pleasure you talking to me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Dom? How are you, Dom? Hi, right? Roscoe. Not bad, mate. Now, firstly, um, what's it like living in, in... Sorry? I was going to correct you. I actually wasn't the first captain of Adelaide United. The first captain of Adelaide United was Aurelio Vidmar. Well, that was in the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah, I was the inaugural captain of the of Adelaide United in the A League. Yeah, well, that's what we meant because we didn't count the uh, <laughs> oh, okay. before well, that. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I, can't, I don't read mine. So. Hey, Roscoe, <laughs> the whole of Adelaide misses you, mate. We love the way you, your passion when you play that that uh, that red of your eyes where you wanted to kill somebody, but uh, now you that was just in training. That was just in training and chasing <laughs> Travis, but now you're living in uh, living in Brisbane. Firstly, what's the lifestyle there? Are you enjoying yourself there? Oh, I love it up here in Brisbane. The weather's unbelievable. The summer is uh, is quite hot, but the winter's uh, sensational because it's about 25, 26 degrees. It cools down at night and and uh, generally uh, very sunny in the uh, during the day. So I, I love it up here. I mean, it's very relaxed as well, and um, and the kids love it up here as well. So does the wife. So that's important. Well, that's very important. <laughs> yeah, happy wife, happy life. That's what I reckon. That's what, correct. So what are you up to, Roscoe, these days? Um, so. Uh, when I left the Brisbane Raw, um, I started up, well, it took me oh, probably about two, three months, probably a little bit longer than that, but I started up a female um, football program where um, I was doing, I, I started up 
the reason why I did it because my uh, a lot of my background coaching was with the women in uh, in South Australia. So I was the head of women's football uh, for the Football Federation South Australia, and and also Adelaide United. Um, a women's coach, then went on to the Matildas. So I always had a passion for the for the women's game, and I think the the, the men's academies and programs, or whatever else, are saturated pretty much all around Australia, and and you know so it is over here as well in Brisbane. So I thought I'd, I'd do some uh, something a little bit different, as a bit of a pathway for female footballers, and to do extra training. And I think. Uh, everyone understands when I say the isolated training isn't done in training sessions with clubs because you can't do that. But I remember as a kid, a lot of the stuff that we did, and I'm sure you did yourself, Travis, um, is that we did a lot of stuff either with coaches or with your father or with your, your mates or, or whoever. And, and so I, I slowly put a program together and, and became a pathway for female coaches as well. So I've got some coaches on the books that uh, that I pay and um, and, and slowly it, it's uh, it's gaining some traction. The only issue that we had is when they put a stop to everything and you couldn't coach. I was doing small groups. I didn't want to do um, large groups uh, because it, it takes away from the isolated training that I was doing. Yeah. Um, and probably after about three weeks of isolation here, uh, the club that I that I train out of, which is Olympic FC here in Brisbane, they've got the artificial fields. They uh, said or asked me if I wanted to do some uh, one-on-one training, and so that started up. And I'd probably do about six hours a day, six, seven different uh, kids or girls, and and pretty much loving it to be honest. So generally speaking, with the with the program, is it's individual type stuff. Uh, how many how many kids do you have in the program? Um, so the, you can sign up for eight weeks or, or 16, so it's eight sessions or 16 sessions, and, and you can do three sessions a week if you really wanted to. But I've probably got, oh, at the moment, um, I've probably 10 or 12 at the moment, because well, I can't fit any more in. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's the issue. I'm actually uh, coaching until 7 o'clock at, at night, I probably probably could go on to, to 8 o'clock, but then I've got early starts as well. Uh, some girls come in uh, early mornings. But when I've had the small groups, when we had between 20, 30 girls, and, and, and that's quite a bit. Um, and that's why I had the, the, the female coaches as well, because it gave, it gave them a job and also uh, a pathway into coaching. You mentioned that you coached Adelaide United Women's here. You're part of the Matildas. Have yep. you noticed in the last couple of years that the women's uh, game is just growing and growing? Yeah, it was always growing when I first started um, um, with with Adelaide United Women's. Uh, you know, I was quite kind of lucky in a way to fall into the women's game because Ayrton Andrioli, the technical director in South Australia, who was an ex-teammate of mine, asked me if I would be interested. Or no, he didn't ask me if I was interested. He asked me to help him out and, and coach the team. And, you know, at the beginning I was kind of unsure. But, um, you know, once I started uh, coaching, you know, you saw these really good players coming through. Um, you know, the likes of Alex Chidiak, we had Isabel Hodgson, Dylan Holmes, and I mean, there, there, there's a whole number of them um, that were there. And when I ended up coaching the NTC girls, uh, you know, we were lucky, we were very, very successful, but the girls put in the hard work. Mm. So I saw the growth already there. Um, but the only issue that I see at the moment in the women's game is that we're falling behind the rest of Asia. Um, and I, I went away as a technical advisor with the young Matildas uh, not long ago to the uh, World Cup qualifiers in Thailand, and we got smacked by Japan, South Korea, North Korea, and and if we had to have played China, we probably would have got beaten um, 
by quite a bit against them as well. And I, I think physically, uh, technically, and, and tactically, we're behind. Well, why um, is that, Roscoe? How, how, how can we change that? Because oh. Travis and I have spoken about that yeah. same topic a while ago. How, can, how do we change that? So this is just my personal opinion, and, and I guess it's the same in the boys as well, but more girls is uh, I think we need to get the right coaches in positions that are going to coach the girls at a younger age. Um, I think we need to slowly understand that the curriculum, the national curriculum, is there for, for a reason, but there's also things that the players aren't doing outside of the game. You know, speed and agility, uh, they, they, a lot of players don't do. Um, the extra training, the, the ball work. So technically, we're, we're miles behind. And physically, we can't even compete against uh, the Japanese and, and the Koreans. And, and, and that's because of the training uh, that they do. I, uh, there's, there's a lot of things, in my opinion. Uh, one is the coaches. So we need the right coaches in, in, in the junior areas. Uh, the coaches need to be coached. Uh, that, that's another issue, and I think we we fall into that trap of oh, the, the the loading for the players is too much, or they're doing too much. You know, when we were kids, uh, you know, we used to train non-stop, and and not just train non-stop. You'd be at the club. So I grew up at Adelaide City. After training, I'd be playing with my friends because our parents were at the bar having a having a drink or having something to eat or whatever. So you know, we were there for four or five hours playing with the ball. Kids nowadays come to training, they train for an hour and a half and they leave straight away. Mm. And that's an hour and a half. And how, how much ball contact do they have in a training session? So I, I calculated uh, probably two, three weeks ago that one girl, she did uh, 45 minutes of, of uh, ball work and she had a, 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 probably a minimum of 800 touches within that 45 minutes. And it sounds a lot, but it's not a lot. Mm. And, and we need to be doing a lot more with, with our kids. And I think that's the way to progress. And again, that's just my personal opinion. Now, Roscoe, you've been a player and a captain in an A-League club. You've coached uh, at an A-League level. And we are in the hiatus at the moment. What have you made of the, the A-League this season? And do you see it coming back? Yeah, um, look, I don't know if it's going to come back this season. It definitely will be there next season. Um yeah, look, I think the level dropped quite a bit. I was there with the Brisbane Raw for four years, and I think the first year that we were there, um, I think it was probably the the best year that I thought while I was coaching in, in the A-League. Uh, the, the level was uh, a top level. Uh, West Sydney Wanderers had been in the league for, um, I don't know, two, three years, and they made a massive difference to the league. Um, then the second season was not bad. The third and fourth, uh, I, I didn't think the level was great at all, um, and yeah, I, it just I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't have the answers for for the A League, to be honest with you. I just I enjoy coaching and I enjoy um, <laughs> grassroots. Got you set and, on the fence yeah. on that one, there, Roscoe. <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you the reason why because there's bigger and better people that that and and we've seen the uh, the golden generation that's come through now um, with their with their programs. You know, the likes of Craig Moore, Mark Baduka, Skoko. Uh, John Aloisi, Mark Schwartz. Um, I think I mentioned Craig Moore. I mean, these guys have Bresciano. got real ideas. Bresciano. But Bresciano's on the board of FFA as well. But that, they've got real ideas on how the game should be run at the higher level. I, I've got quite a few ideas of what should be done at the junior level. Um, and again, I, it falls back to coaches being coached because I don't blame the coaches. But I, I, I do look at the system and I, and I, I really think that us coaches need a lot more help than what we're getting. 
Roscoe, do you think this uh, newly formed uh, panel by the FFA, n- known as the Starting Eleven, do you think that's going to yep. uh, have an impact in uh, progressing our game moving forward? Well, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think they're on the right track. Um, you know, and I think that there's some there's some uh, strong characters in in that. Uh, starting eleven, and let's hope that they are listened to because I, I do. I know I don't know Mark Maduka, uh, you know, really, really well, but I know him reasonably well, and I know that he's got an opinion, and I know that um, that he's he's got uh, some some good ideas. Josip Skoko and and uh, and and the others, Paul Ocon, you know, these people, if they're not listened to, I'm, I'm really, really scared that they'll walk away from the game for good. Mm. Yeah, and we don't want that because they're the sort of people that you really do want. I mean, I'm just sick and tired of all these uh, people coming in into our sport from other sports, trying to run our sport, and really they're just taking the money and run. We really need people uh, who care about the game, who have passion about the game, and who understand yeah. the game. But uh, the, 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 I understand what you're saying there, and without being controversial, you're saying that people come into our sport and, and take the money and go, but why are we always fighting each other why is there so yep. much infight why is why um too much self-interest so that's why too much self-interest yeah but but these are also football people as well so-called football people so it, it it's interesting yeah it's and and again uh travis if if these people in this uh first 11 even like you got claire polkinghorn heather garriott mm. uh vicky linton I mean, these people have been around uh, Claire Polkinghorne has been in professional football and probably one of uh, the professionals that have been um, at a number of different levels. You know, if they're not listened to, they will walk. And 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 that, that's this is the scary thing. You know, how how often or how many years are going to go by that we're going to have this infighting and and sure. not listen to the people that are um, involved in the game and have got a, a real interest of the game. Well, we have seen it happen before uh, many a times. Uh, they get the good advice but don't follow it. Uh, just on a family front, Roscoe, uh, how are you coping without your eldest son at home, uh, Christian? He's oh, back yeah. in Adelaide applying uh, oh, his trade here. Yeah, got away from Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, you know what? It's, it's, it's quite hard, to be honest, because we spent a lot of time together, especially when you're a family in another state. And yeah. And, you know, you're always together and, and I used to have to travel. <laughs> this is the weird thing. You know, in Adelaide, you travel 20 minutes, you're the other side of town. <laughs> Here, you, you know, I'd have to take him, I'd have to leave uh, training early to go and pick him up from school to take him to training, which was an hour away. Um, but without traffic, it was like 25 minutes away. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been difficult. But, you know, he's uh, he's happy in Adelaide. He, he loves living in Adelaide and living with my parents and... He's doing an apprenticeship with, as a as a cabinet maker for my father now. So oh, there you go. <laughs> Terrific. Well, last question I'm going to ask you: Are we ever going to see yep. you and your family back in Adelaide? That's last question. <laughs> I don't know. On, just a yes or a no, or get lost, Dom. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. It depends where football takes me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's you know, I I um I had other interests outside of football uh, at uh, for quite a while and. And you know, football's always been a passion, and I got into the coaching, and uh, and I ended up in Brisbane. Who knows where football's going to take me? Well, I'd love to. <coughs> pardon me, I'd love to see you and your brother come back and coach Adelaide United one day. I think that would be the dream situation. Adelaide boys coaching Adelaide United, but that's just my opinion, and I'm biased because I love you there, Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> thank you hey Ross it's always a pleasure mate we could talk for hours but we've got to go but uh, thanks for sharing a bit of your time with us 
No problem. Thanks, guys. All the best, Roscoe. uh, All the best for the families. Thanks, Thanks, Roscoe. That's the uh, inaugural A-League captain for Adelaide United. Travis was down the list at number, what did you say, 16? Where were you? Number what? Four. You can't even remember. How could you not remember what captain number you were? I don't know. It's not like the soccer is where you get given a cap for your cap. Yeah, but you, you know that, that should have been something really special to you, and you it kind was. of think it might have been four. It was. Unbelievable. Yeah, four or five. <laughs> or six. All right. Well, we had the number oh, two, really, if you want to be technical, because Rip Vitti was one, and uh, Trav uh, was number somewhere. Anyway, uh, it was good to catch up with Roscoe. He's a very passionate guy. You played with him, and you know what he was like, don't you? When he's on the park, he's like the, the eyes that just want to – he really plays for the for the Guernsey, doesn't he? Absolutely, and it wasn't just uh, wasn't just in games. It was actually in training as well. And if if you ever well, you do hear the comment a lot. Uh, you train the way you play. Yeah, um, that was that was Roscoe to a T. And I think that's what's lacking in Adelaide United today is someone like him who's hungry. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we're here, of course, for Hyundai. Their generous cashback across all petrol and diesel SUVs. Back right after this. Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai, enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback on SENSA, the round ball with Dom and Dodzy. Yes, welcome back to the round ball, Dom and Dodzy, all thanks to Hyundai's generous cashback across all petrol and diesel SUVs. And as they say, a little goes a long way with Hyundai's generous cashback across petrol and diesel SUVs. And, of course, the um, Milk Bar open line number. Uh, yeah, we're going to say hello to the Milk Bar. They weren't on last time, but we they might not be on now, but we're going to give them a plug anyway. Milk Bar, 57 Flinders Street in the city. Have you gone there to have anything to eat of late with the Milk Bar? No, no, I've, only no just started, I've only just started going back into work, so I've been oh. working from home. Well, <laughs> you use that term lightly, work. Um, Absolutely. Talk about the uh, the leagues there, Trav. <clears throat> some of them, well, I'm sure some of them are slowly starting to come back. I see that in England a couple of teams have already started training and they reckon they're talking about getting the league underway maybe in June. Well, yeah, May, May EP- June. EPL. May, June looks like uh, yep. that's going to be the month for, for everything to kick off. Uh, if all goes to plan, they're talking about the, the Bundesliga, uh, 9th of May, if they can get uh, approval from the government. Uh, we've got La Liga. Hopefully, end of May on the, the 28th, the, the president, ja- Javi- Javier Tebas, uh, is coming out and, and flagging that date. Uh, what else we got? we got the, the League One in France, uh, hoping to resume uh, in June. Isn't that all great news? Just nice to hear all that, isn't it? Absolutely. Serie A looking to start up uh, end of May as well. So hopefully that all translates for us here in yeah. Australia to being able to, to kick off shortly as well. I know that there was a government announcement last week that community sport could be able to start up Hallelujah. in the next uh, couple of weeks. <coughs> well, so you think it two, would, now. They got the kids going back to school, so you think they'd let you know the kids start playing sport. If they're going back to school, sitting in their classrooms right alongside each other, you know, out onto an open field, you think it'd be okay? Well, you would think, You'd so, think so, but wouldn't you? I think that I think the confusion is that the the cross contamination of the kids. Uh-huh. So, in in a classroom setting, they're all together, but in a soccer or whatever sports setting, different. yeah, different different mm. environments. So, all one right. one league that is basically up and going, or it's on the verge, and they're playing games, is in Korea. Yeah. Let, before we do that, because the, that'll segue into our Aussies abroad. Aussies abroad. Oh. Thanks to Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. There we go. Beautiful segue. 
Uh, tell us about the Korean League. Uh, what Aussie is playing over there? Well, there's, uh, there's a few over there, but uh, Adam Taggart, who was the, the K1 top goal scorer last year. Did well, didn't he? He was on fire, absolutely. And that's fire. a tough league. It is, yeah. So good on him. It's, uh, I guess it's a rebirth of him. Have you played uh, with him? Didn't you Played with him in Perth, actually. Thought so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was uh, he was in the youth team and didn't really get a lot of opportunities because they had a lot of uh, overpaid older players there, of which I was not one <laughs> because I was still a younger player. You at that just time. left yourself right open and exposed no, there. You would have you would have no, been siphoning the, you would have been siphoning that. Absolutely not. You would so, have been depriving young kids of having a kick because you were taking all the money. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, Adam Taggart. Uh, he's got a got a game. They playing friendlies uh, uh, for Suwon Blue Wings, who who we've played in uh, yeah, we Adelaide have. United yep. in the Asian Champions League. So he scored the the only goal of the game. Um, who did they play? I can't even they see. They played against uh, uh, Seoul. No, no wings. Seoul Eland. Oh yeah, there we go. <clears throat> Seoul Eland yeah. in a preseason friendly. So they're looking to to get their season started. Uh, 8th of May. Well, he's so. one of five Aussies playing in Korea. He is. Terry, Terry Antonis yep. is a, a teammate of his um, at uh, Suwon Blue Wings. So. Davidson was another one, isn't it? I think my memory serves me correctly. Jason Davidson plays for uh, Olsen Hyundai. He does. Uh, Funny enough, Hyundai. Rashid Mahazi. Uh, yep, that's right. I forgot about him. And, uh, and there was one another more. former teammate of mine, Brandon, Brandon O'Neill. O'Neil. There you go. Uh, Pohang Steelers. So yeah. there you go indeed. So they've got to have a reduced competition uh, for... 28 matches in the K-League, uh, down from 38, um, with the bottom side being relegated to the second tier. And Pohang Steelers, of course, you played against them as well. Well, we did go to Pohang. Remember, it was in uh, this very cold stadium. Steelyard. And there was just all this smog coming across from the Steelyards next door. We uh, had a great result there as well. I know. Um, yeah, 2-1, one, wasn't it? <coughs> yeah, yep. I think it was. Um, we really outplayed them that day. Yep. Well, no, we didn't actually. We scored two goals. Actually, and we, we were I think absolutely Bruce got one, under I think. the pump. Yeah, and maybe Jason Spaniolo. Correct, yep, yeah. there you go. And you're right, we're under the pump, and we thought, how did we win that game? Yeah. But we did because they were a very good side too that season that, that year. That was the ultimate smash and grab. <laughs> and there were a few of those during the Champions yeah. League. We'd say that. Remember many a time coming off the uh, after the game and um, Vidi just asking, "How did we win that game?" That was that <laughs> was our, no idea. That was our whole run basically <laughs> into the Champions League final. How we didn't win the final is another story, <laughs> but uh, still. Anyway, it's good to see a lot of these Aussies abroad, especially them playing in Korea. Because as we mentioned, it's one of the big leagues leagues of Asia, and we just need more Aussies playing in some of those bigger leagues. Really, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we're going to take another short break because uh, who we still got to come? We've got a Matilda that we're speaking to. Let me just turn the page. Who is it there, Trav? What's her name? Where Carly. Carly uh, Rustenbacken. Rustenbacken, yes. Yep, Rustenbacken. Yep. Tell yep. us what a bit about said. her. What you said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, young young Matilda, uh, who's just signed to, to play Norway, but unfortunately, due to coronavirus, uh, is stranded in Australia. So it uh, be good to catch up with her and see... See how long uh, she's got left yeah. in Australia before yep. she can get overseas. All right, we're going to take a short break and back right after this. You are listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback on SENSA. The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. And welcome back to The Round Ball. Uh, Dom Renato and Travis Dodd here. 
All thanks to our good friends at, of course, uh, Flight Centre and Hyundai. Flight Centre, if you're planning a holiday, let's hope it's sooner rather than later because we need one, Trav. You can call your local Flight Centre travel expert on 131600. And, of course, Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback across all petrol and diesel SUVs. And now uh, we're going to turn our attention. We did speak to Ross Aloisi briefly, uh, Trav, about uh, the women's game and how it's uh, just getting stronger and stronger in our country. Well, thanks to SA Power Networks, empowering women's football here in South Australia. We've got a uh, Matilda on the line, plays for Canberra uh, United, as you mentioned before, went to the uh, break. Uh, she signed a contract in Norway, but now because of the COVID-19, it's sort of everything come to a bit of a grinding halt. Must be pretty frustrating. And uh, she joins us now, and that is Carly Rossbuck. And Carly, Thanks for your time this afternoon. That's okay. Thanks for having me on. That's our pleasure. Now, it must be pretty frustrating. You get this new contract ready to rock and roll, and uh-uh, you're just stuck here in Australia. <laughs> you're in Canberra. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit frustrating, obviously. It was my first contract to go overseas, so I was really excited and looking forward to it. But unfortunately, like, there's nothing that we can really do besides stay safe and look after our well-being. So... Hoping that this settles down and I can head over soon. Well, what is the what's the outcome? I guess uh, have you have you got a timeline? Have they spoken to you and when you may be able to come over? Yeah, so they're looking at kicking off the league on the fifteenth of June, but obviously it'd be closed matches and everything. Um, so fingers crossed that that actually happens because they're. They're slowly opening schools and everything over there, so they're looking at getting things um, going pretty soon. So what are you doing for training then uh, by yourself now? Yeah, so I've been um, training with a lot with my brother and with my dad. Um, so I've had to do a lot of individual sessions and then plus gym and a lot of isolated running as well. You're not cheating at all, are you? You're doing the proper thing? <laughs> Yeah, I am doing the proper thing. <laughs> Good. Hey, how did it all start for you? Just <clears throat> tell us uh, your journey, especially with the young girls listening to us. Carly, you're only 19 now. How did it start for you? How did you get into the game? Well, um, it was my dad and my brother who I really, like, I started playing because of them. And I, so I was always out in the backyard with them. And then I finally... Um, started playing when I was 10, so with a, with a proper team. Um, I played with the boys for a couple of years and then I moved on to do the rep stuff in Canberra, so Capital Football um, and eventually went to CUA. And then um, I got into junior midfielders, so the under-17s. And then from there, I, in that same year, in 2016, I signed my first contract with Canberra United in the W League. Um and then from there on, I went from I went to Young Matildas, continued W League, um, and then last year I was very fortunate enough to get called into the Matilda squad at the World Cup. So that's kind of pretty much my journey. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been pretty exciting when, uh, and it would have been an ambition of yours to play for the Matildas one day. How, how did you feel when you found out that wow, I'm going to be training with the Matildas? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty surreal, honestly. Like I didn't have. Um, you know, much time to process it because I was all of a sudden I got called a Sunday night and I was out Monday morning um, flying over to France. So I didn't get that much time to process it. And I think that actually worked a lot in my favour because if you get given quite a lot of time, then you dwell on it and you think about it. But um, no, it was like a, a surreal feeling because I I was very fortunate enough I got to make my debut over there at a World Cup as well. And I actually went over there thinking like, nah, like I, like I probably won't play, you know. 
Mm. Um, but I'm just going to give it my all and that's what I did. And then it paid off and, um, Ante gave me my debut and, and it's something that I've been looking at a goal for me for my entire life. So yeah, I would knock that off at a world cup. Yeah, it was, I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Fantastic. Absolutely. At such a young age as well. Now football runs in the family. Your dad played uh, semi-professional football in Norway. Uh, your brother plays in the NPL as well. Is there much uh, sibling rivalry there in the backyard? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course there is <laughs> every time every time me and my brother go and train in the oval or whatever it's game on <laughs> we do a lot of um he does a lot of attacking on me so i get to work on my defending and he's it's actually really good um doing that with a with a male like and he's and he's pretty good too so um but there's no way in hell i'm letting him get past me and, <laughs> and he's definitely um well, he wants to beat me, of course. So <laughs> there is there is a big rivalry going on. Is is that why you chose Norway because of your background and do you speak the lingo, or was that a coincidence? No, so um, I did choose Norway. That was one of the um, reasons why, because I have family over there and um, I can understand a little bit. I've I've lost quite a bit of it, but I can understand more than I can speak it. But um, no, and then the other reason was because I thought. Norway, the league is pretty good over there and it's a good, um, you know, a good environment and a good stepping stone for my first trip overseas, um, my first contract overseas. And I thought, and having family over there was a bonus. Where does uh, the Norwegian league stand, I guess, in the pecking order of European football for women? We've seen uh, a lot of Matildas in recent times uh, starting to sign in the Premier League in the UK. Yeah, so... um, a lot of actually, a lot of Matildas have played in Norway as well. So, yeah. as I said, it's a really good stepping stone, and it it is quite a strong competition. So, I'm looking forward to that challenge. Um, but yeah, a lot of women are now going over to the English league because that's just growing and getting stronger. But I do think Norway is a great league for people who, um, you know, who want to make that next step as well to go to England. So, I think that playing European football, it will only make you better as a player and then will set you up for if you want to go and play in the English League. Well, we've seen uh, over the years that the the US League has been very prominent for women's football. Uh, Is your ambition, what's the highest league for you, uh, your opinion? Is it the the Premier League or is it the the US League? Uh, For myself, it is the Premier League. U.S. has been, yeah, as you said, the pecking order for ages, and that's where women always um, look to strive to play in. And but for myself, I've always kind of looked at European side. So um, I've always wanted to to go to Europe somewhere and play. But I do have my eyes set on in England. I would love to go play in the Super League there. Um, so that's definitely a goal for myself. What about the uh, W League, Carly? Of course, you were part of Canberra United. How can the W League improve? We do get a lot of uh, uh, players coming from overseas just to spice it up a bit. What about the local girls here? Is, is it difficult? Obviously, because of the competition, but is it difficult? Yeah, I think the, de- the W League is really good for development of young girls who are coming through. Um, you know, it's unfortunate the season only goes for three to four months. Like, if it if it was longer than you know, we could stand up with other leagues. Um, but I think it is a good stepping stone for young younger girls to develop and to grow into the game and then hopefully and it and it will enrich the women's game in football and hopefully get 
a lot of younger girls into the national team or looking around the national team. And I think that the WE can definitely provide that for younger girls. All right. Well, well spoken, Carly. You're a lovely uh, spoken lady and uh, we wish you all the best in uh, Norway. You're going to the reigning champion, so good luck. Let's hope you get some game time when that happens. Is it? Is it pronounced uh, Toposarian? Yeah. Top Syrian? Yeah. yeah, close enough, yeah. Yeah, okay, that'll do. They're the reigning champions, so good luck over there. We do wish you all the best, and we'll be keeping an eye on you and see how you're going, okay, Carly? Thank you very much. Okay, yes. all the best, and thanks for good joining luck. us. Thank you. Good on you. Uh, Carly uh, Rossbucken, who sounds like a very level-headed lady, and we speak to a lot of people over the years, and she's only 19 years of age, but uh, she spoke beautifully, I reckon. Speaks very well, and such experience as well yeah. for such a young age. Uh, also the the second youngest scorer in the W League, um, scoring against, who was it? Just Newcastle make it up. Jets? No, make Newcastle it up. Jets. Um, no, it might have even been Melbourne City. It yeah, was Melbourne City. Yeah, pick a team. Melbourne City. So, look, uh, at 15 years of age as well. Yeah, so yeah not bad. So that's, that's a huge effort. And, yeah, Matilda. So let's hope she goes on to bigger and better things. Obviously, at 19, already played for the Matildas. Now going to... Uh, uh, to Norway, be fantastic. What a terrific future she has. She was our special guest. We're going to take a short back trip, if that's okay with you. We're going to come back a bit more locally with the uh, the local league and the NPL, which is very close to your heart, seeing you can't get a oh, gig anywhere countdown's else. countdown's on. Yep. yep, I know. We can't wait for that one. But anyway, you're listening to The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey back right after this. For Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai. Enjoy Hyundai's generous cashback. On SENSA, the round ball with Dom and Dodsey. Yes, Sir Reid is the round ball, and here we come around the home turn. Dom Ronaldo, Travis Dodd, will you? All thanks to our good friends at Hyundai and also Flight Centre and also SA, rather, Power Networks, empowering women's football in South Australia. Just uh, was just so nice talking to Carly. We're just getting back to her. The, uh, you know, just very... You don't always get someone that young speaking so well and so level-headed, and she just came across that way, didn't she? Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's it's one thing to to have these Matildas coming up and coming through the game and doing well, but yeah, the media side of it is very important for them because they want to be they need to be able to promote the game. And with Carly speaking like that, she can speak to the to the yeah. masses of girls that are playing out there. Yeah, because we're always a bit apprehensive. You know, they're only young. You don't know how they're going to react. But she was absolutely fantastic. Now, shortly we're going to catch up. We're going to talk more local. Uh, the uh, Comets coach, uh, Barney Smith, we'll have a chat to him in just a tick. But before we do that, we did mention at the top of the show about the new FFA's Football Development uh, Committee. And uh, uh, we did mention uh, some of the names, but Mark Viduka's in there, uh, Josip Skoko. Uh, we also got people like Mark Bosnich, Paul Ocon, Frank Farina, Claire Polkinghorne, and also Ron Smith. Funny enough, Ron is uh, the father of Barney who we're about to speak to he is, soon. He is, uh, and Ron actually came over to Adelaide not long ago. I think it was just before Easter uh, and conducted a, a, a development session for coaches on no, uh, on the analysis, the video analysis that... Were you there? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Uh, did I help? He spent uh, most of his career, or a lot of his career post-coaching, uh, helping out the Socceroos with video analysis, and the detail that he goes to is phenomenal. So to have somebody of that calibre and with that much knowledge of the game involved in this starting eleven uh, is great. Now, the the only thing that worries me about this is whether or not that they actually take on board yeah. the information they get because we did see that 2014 the Crawford report was done, and by all reports. Um, Crawford report 
53 recommendations were made, but not a lot of them were actually really? uh, implemented. So oh, uh, it's it's actually a good friend, I believe. You know, uh, Benita Mercialides? Merciard, yes, Merciardis. Yes, yeah. she was with the FFA. Many, yeah, at the when, time. Yeah, uh, yeah. And she would actually be a great one to, to get on at some stage Actually, it's a very good point. That. See, every now and then you, you don't come up with a lot of good ones, but that was one of the good ones. Well, I get Benita next week, actually, because she's, uh, she's very outspoken and yeah. she likes to talk. And she's Absolutely. got some fantastic ideas as well. Well, and she's been on the in the in yeah. sanctum as well, yeah. so she knows yeah. uh, what goes on. Yeah, all right. We might try and get her on next week, uh, Benita. But you did mention, uh, of course, Ron Smith, part of that committee. He was the head coach at the... Uh, AOS for many, many years. So we're going to segue into that to his son to see if any of that coaching experience that Ronnie has may have uh, hopefully passed on to his son, uh, Barney, who is the coach of uh, of the Comets, and he joins us now. Barney, thanks for your time. G'day, Dom. G'day, Trav. How are you? Hey, mate. Good, mate. Now, any of that, I mean, your dad's been there, done that. Uh, is that how you started? Is that how you wanted to be a coach because he, uh, he, he sort of you got a lot of feedback from him? Oh... Look, it's probably got something to do with it. Um, it's not probably why I wanted to, but, um, uh, you know, being around him and growing up around football, um, it's just been part of the family since my brother and I can ever remember. So, um, and he was never someone that really pushed us either to do any particular sport. Um, I was a big in tennis when I was young, uh, not so much football, Um and he was quite happy with that. He was never someone that said, you, you know, oh, I want you to play football, that sort of stuff. He said, just do what you want, boys. Um, but naturally, uh, I, I definitely got the bug. My brother my brother didn't. He um, he tried a little bit, but he's, he, he ended up becoming a, a golfer. So um, <laughs> I, think my, I, I think my dad got both of what he wanted because he loves playing golf as a hobby in his spare time. And then football's been his career. So he got... He got one of each to some degree, but to his disappointment, I ended up being a goalkeeper, which I think he hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about us goalkeepers. Uh, we always get the crap thrown at us, Marty. No, you throw yourself in loosely there, Dom, as us, um, as a goalkeeper. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm speaking to Barney, who understands the position more than you do, Trav. Hey, uh, Barney, of course, you're the coach of the... It must be frustrating for you going to the Comets and all of a sudden the season comes to a grinding halt. Uh, what have you been doing in the meantime? Uh, somewhat frustrating. It's been nice. It's been a nice welcome back. Um, obviously, after the three years that I had there, and I've got a, a strong relationship with Jim, the president. Um, and, and he, uh, when he asked me to go back there, it was very, very, very hard for me to say no. Um, uh, and I, the last time that I coached there, leaving it because of business reasons, for no other reason, but for business reasons, I always kind of wanted to go back uh, and have this thing inside of me that if I got a chance. And Jim asked me to go back, no matter what state they were in uh, and what league they were in, I'd go back. Uh, I think he had an IOU up his sleeve, so um, he cashed that in at the end of the season. Um, and it's been fantastic being back there since. But obviously, like everybody else uh, that enjoys their football and uh, was looking forward to the NPL 2020, it is a bit frustrating. So been trying to keep busy in the meantime um, since we've been on, on, on pause, I suppose, or on hold. Hey, Barney, now I'll throw us in as a we, as coaches. Uh, you would have to be... <laughs> that's you, just a, that's funnier <laughs> than mine, sorry. You would have to be one of the the most, I guess, committed coaches that, that I've come across in the league in terms of your time commitment and, and how much you invest into uh, your development and, and that kind of stuff. Run us through what a, what a week looks like for you preparing in terms of watching video and, uh, and preparing sessions for players and, and the time, how time intensive that is. Um, thanks, Trav. It, I never <laughs> think of myself that way. Um, 
I guess it's uh, um, you know the commitment, and it was you know originally one of the reasons why I stopped uh, because of because of business is that I said to Jim in the comments that you know if I'm going to put my time in, I'm going to put 100, percent and I can't give you that right now, and I don't want to give you 70. percent If I'm going to do it, I want to do it properly. Um, so for me now, um, look, I think if you're organised, um, I, I spent a fair bit of time in the pre-season trying to be organised and get organised around what um, structure and what we're going to do. Um, and throughout the pre-season, we work on um, sort of the, the general um, structure of sessions and what's going to happen during the week. And then we tinker with those during the week, depending on the game. So Sunday is probably where it all starts. Um, and I'd be, I don't think I'd be too dissimilar to most coaches you play a game on Saturday, the 90 minutes of the game is actually, I think you operate mostly in your subconscious and you don't, you're kind of in that game mode where, uh, you know, emotions are heightened. It's that sort of adrenaline of game day. You're not really being too observant um, and, and being kind of partial to what's going on. You're kind of caught up in the moment. So I think mostly these days people would, I would assume, would um, watch the game again at least once. Um I certainly do. I watch it again on a Sunday and I've taught myself how to um, use software that analyses the game um, and, and can pull out all the different bits and pieces that we want to look at pretty quickly. So um, when you look at the software that we use and sort of the stuff that we come up with, it looks like it takes ages, but it's it's literally just watching the game again for 90 minutes and pressing buttons while you're watching it. Um, once you get good at that and you can code a game, um, the code window that you use will then give you any information that you want. So you can say, hey, let's have a look at set pieces. Um, let's have a look at our attempts on goal versus their attempts on goal. Um, or where did we lose the ball? Where did we gain the ball? And is that consistent with what we've been working at at training? Um, so we'll pull together some of that footage. Um, for us at Comets this year, because of our training nights, um, Monday's a recovery and active conditioning session that we do, and we don't look at the video then. I'll normally send the squad some of the links on YouTube so they can watch it in their own time of either specific things for them individually or for the team. And then on a Tuesday night, because we train at Santos, we have to wait until the athletics is finished. So uh, the boys, uh, quite rightly, and, and it works well, requested that we do a video session on Tuesday night while we're waiting to get access to the pitch at Santos. Um, <laughs> And we'll go through and look at some of that beer on a Tuesday night and then train at Santos. Thursdays um, is more game preparation and, and attacking and then play on a Saturday. Barney, obviously one hell of a passionate guy and you do, by the sounds of things, do everything attention to detail. Just before I let you go, because we've got to go, um, have you ever been on the other side of Travis Dodd when he's been coaching he, and you've been on the other I, side? No, he's been on the, the other side on the field. No, no, like as a coach. <laughs> oh, no, as a player in the goals. I'm talking as a coach. Oh, when I was taking penalties. Oh, I thought that's what you You have not seen to. Travis in action on the sideline, even as an assistant coach. <laughs> Just beware. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, I've been on, on the side of both. So. <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking uh, about as then. As a player and, and Travis scored against me and then as a coach. But actually, he's quite nice as a coach. He's pretty quiet. And, ah, um, not when you get him rolled up, he's like, not. <laughs> I like coaching against uh, uh, Trav and, and, and Robbie. They're pretty quiet. It wasn't so as much fun when Con was there, but once he left, it's quite nice. Yeah, yeah. he, he was bringing us down. Uh, okay. well, when do you guys play each other? When? Well, I mean, obviously... We're, when the season starts, it's in like two two games. Wow, in. can't wait yeah. for that one. Well, I'm going to be coming to that. Whose ground is it at? 
Oh, who knows? Okay, well, that'll do. I'm going to come and watch it. <laughs> hey, Barney, uh, when everything gets back to normal, good luck with everything, mate. Good luck with Comets uh, during the season, and uh, we'll be watching with interest to see how you go, buddy. Thanks, Dom. Thanks, Not Craig. too much interest, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on Barney's side, I'm going to tell you right now, mate. Yeah, because, uh, well done. Yeah, well, I can't be too biased. I can't be too biased. Spit it out, mate. Uh, I'll be spitting it out, all right. Actually, speaking it out, we've got to get going because we just about run out of time here. It's been such a quick show, but it's been a good one. Good one's a quick one, uh, buddy. Now, next week, we're going to try I reckon. and... Yeah, uh, we're talking about the show, by the way. Uh, next week, we're going to catch up with uh, Benita. With, and, and there's so many so many people we're going to catch up with. And because James Johnson, the head man of the FFA. Ooh, could be a yeah. big week next big week. week. We're going to need full of politics next week. We're going to have that much garbage coming out of our mouth. It's not going to be funny. I'm going to wear a suit and tie. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Anyway, thanks for joining us. And thanks to our sponsors, of course. And that's Flight Centre and Hyundai and all the uh, good people at the Milk Bar, 57 Flinders Street in the city. Uh, take care of yourselves. Look after each other and let's keep our fingers crossed, Trav, that the football is starting sooner rather than Than later. later. Well done. Would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye, everyone, and thank you for listening. Yeah, go away. Thank you.